0: This chapter includes adult language. Excerpts from Another Cat's Diary, Chapter 7, From Grizz to Gus. That Monday chapter was long, so I split off the rest of the week's excerpts to their own chapter. This one, Chapter 7. Still in the third week, still in the studio. Here we go. Cats, Day 16 of Rehearsal. Wednesday, june fifteenth, twenty sixteen, forty six days to opening. I love them ten AM to one hundred thirty PM Studio seven A full cast sans Gur and Lewis Jellical Ball Micro Excerpt My People It's official After Grizz I have the best princess track in this show Gus. Franz, Dillimond. These are my people. 2.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. full cast. jellical Ball. Excerpt. Shade Tree Mechanics. I get in early for my call, actually well before the lunch break, so I can do my conference call with Tony Howell right at the top of the lunch. It's the last 15 minutes of the morning session when I arrive. The troops are working on the ball. From the doorway into 7A, I witness a wonderful conversation between Paz and M about a beautiful two-part lift towards the end of the number where they mirror each other. Paz is partnered by Daniel, M by Jeremy, and one is helping the other figure out exactly what, how to hold herself in the lift, where to put her weight, where to be rigid and where to be soft. Hmm. All of the above. It's a thing particular to dancers, this kind of process conversation. I don't know that I've ever seen two singers have this sort of exchange during rehearsal, or two actors. Sure, two actors might, over drinks at the bar, after rehearsal, mull over a beat or a tricky beat of text. Particularly one older and one younger actor, the former mentoring the latter, whether he wants it or not. See John Jory's forward to his book, Tips ideas for actors, but usually this does not happen in rehearsal. It is verboten for an actor to give another actor a note, and it's frowned upon for an actor to even kibitz. And while this is not really a dancer giving another dancer a note, dancers do seem more free with sticking in their oar in this kind of situation. I so wish I had the vocabulary, the dance literacy to truly describe what is going on in this room. I think it's remarkable. I think it's going to have a huge impact on the audience, whether they're dance-savvy or not. But I really don't have the wherewithal to properly analyze and subsequently articulate the work itself. I so wish I did. Going back to the two pairs of dancers working out these lifts. They're joined by Kim and Eleanor. I scan the room and there across the studio. I see Chrissy carefully watching as well. What this reminds me of, weirdly, is something that's a common sight in the South where I grew up. It's a bunch of shade tree mechanics on a hot day, a hot studio, all standing around the open hood of a car being worked on, looking at inner workings from different angles, tapping this part and that part with a screwdriver, conferring, lobbing out ideas. One person manning the key in ignition, others nodding from a distance. It's a beautiful thing to witness. I love these dancer mechanics. Every one of them. Present-day postscript. Kim is Kim Craven, whose title is Resident Choreographer, which, it turns out, is like a combo resident director and er dance captain. She's the one, along with Ira, who has kept her loving eyes on us throughout the run. She's also the one, along with our cast member, Dance Captains, who teach all the new cats their tracks. This has been a Sisyphean task, one she bears with grace. Eleanor is Eleanor Scott. Her title is Assistant Choreographer. She was Andy's right hand all during the rehearsal, his amanuensis, his familiar. But, the truth of who they are is this. They are magical fucking unicorns. Both of them. I've got huge talent crushes on them, and have had since the second day of rehearsals. More on them anon. End present day postscript. End of day 14. Cats, day 17 of rehearsal. Thursday, June 16th, 2016, 45 days to opening. Pride and Prejudice. 2.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Studio A, full cast. Dance and staging continued. Excerpt, Go Blue. Another morning off for me. When I joined the company post-lunch, they're still working on Gumby Cat from the morning session. Now I'm sitting in the hallway outside of A, my little hiding place has been usurped by some foam core something or other. Even as I'm writing this, Andy Jones is singing the opening bars. I have a Gumby cat in mind. I I can't imagine that anyone has ever sung the monkey strap material better than Andy does. It's just gorgeous. And a beautiful sound, yes, but what I dig is his clarity of intention. It's a gorgeous instrument in the service of the text, backed up by an intellectual rigor. I'm a little surprised to find. In so young an artist? No. In a man playing a cat? Maybe. But Monk has the majority of the water to carry in terms of tying this stack of poems into a dramatic series of events. In Andy, I think we've just the guy. Plus, I like him. He's a Michigan grad, and I have a soft spot for those. Excerpt. Remark the Cat. We're now staging Grizz's first walk through the tribe, and Chrissy has everyone vocalize their disdain, their loathing and their fear of her. It's the first time I've heard Leona sing. Ever. It's good. Here's the thing. I'm of a certain age. I don't listen to radio. I don't really listen to any current pop music, and I'll cop to it. I'm pretty prejudiced against anyone who comes out of the TV competition show machine. Not proud of that, but it's true. So... I didn't know who Leona was until she was added to our cast list. I'm still not entirely sure who she is to the rest of the world because I didn't Google her. I wanted to just meet her on her own terms as just another actor in the company. Better that way, I think. That initial pass of Grizz was super-informed by all that vocalized vitriol. Now another pass without using language to communicate the same tension. It's mesmerizing. The first sung material of Grizz is fascinating to me. It's so smart, programmatically speaking. Dramaturgically, it's sound too, of course. We meet our town whore, our outsider, our, in the end, redeemer. And musically, it gives the audience just a taste of what the performer playing the role can do and what Grizzabella can or could be. It's tantalizing. Very smart. Present day postscript. Here's how out of the pop culture loop I was, even three weeks into rehearsal. Guess who else came out of the TV competition show machine? My dear, sweet, amazing Ricky Ubeda. Not a clue. I actually think we were in tech, and press had started to roll out in earnest before I found out. I thought he just, I don't know, came from the planet dance. Like, So many of the other wonders in the room. And this, boys and girls, is how we whittle away at our prejudices. We meet, we work with, and we come to love those whom we previously had reduced to symbols of our despair at the present state of television culture and the world at large. Yes, we do. It's a process. Cats, day 18 of rehearsal. Friday, June 17th, 2016, 44 days to opening, Ford and Gurr, together again for the first time. 12 p.m. to 1.30 p.m., Studio B, Ford and Gurr, Gus the Theater Cat. Excerpt, Once You Lose Your Heart. Delayed call today, noon for a staging and music rehearsal for Ford and me, Jelly and Gus with Chrissy. At last, I get my Chrissy time. We talk for 45 minutes before a note is sung. At first, just Chrissy speaks. Background, the understanding of the story thus far, and where Gus and Jelly fit in, the relationship between G and J. Here's the received wisdom. After the ball, Grisabella comes back through the tribe, one time too many. The tribe spurns her in no uncertain terms. And since Grizz is in the space and shows no signs of moving on, they do. They move on, all of them. They clear out from the junkyard, leaving Grizz alone. But she's not alone. Old Deuteronomy stays. And though she doesn't see him, he sees her deeply. He sees her at her most vulnerable and true. And when she slinks away, old D sits and meditates on what he has seen. All through the intermission, he sits and thinks on Grisabella's plight and the tribe's utter lack of compassion. When the cats sheepishly return to the junkyard at the top of Act 2, Deuteronomy sings moments of happiness, a sermon in a way, The sermon is followed by a hymn, first as a solo, then with the congregation joining in. It's the second iteration of memory. At the hymn's conclusion, Gus is invited to share his story as a positive example for the kittens. This is all implied. There is neither music nor text that lays out this information. It will, I assume, be told in action. We'll leave it to Andy and Chrissy to make that happen. Here's an important thing about Gus the theater cat. Gus does not start. Jelly Lorem does. Jelly Lorum. Sarah Ford. She holds my heart instantly. I just teared up typing that sentence, and I've only known her for three weeks, and we've sung the song once. I think it's going to be okay. Cats, day 19 of rehearsal, Saturday, June 18th, 2016. 43 days to opening. Best possible efforts. Excerpt Christopher Gurr is not called today. I was delighted when I read the emailed call last night, and also a little disappointed. End of the third week. We've only one week and three and a half days left in the studio. Brunch and suit shopping tomorrow, Sunday, with Andy Jones and his wife Audrey, and my former student and current friend Ben Mason, who just happens to be fairly far up the ladder at suit supply. Handy, that? At some point near the end of the first week, beginning of the second, Ira caught me in the hallway and said, So, for a dressing room mate? Ah. Oh, Damn it. There's Andy. He means Andy Jones. Tyler and Ricky, if you have a preference. Take your time. Get to know everyone. Best possible efforts. (sighs) Well, at least he asked. Age does have its privileges, even if they are limited. I know right when he asks that Andy seems the best fit. And man, I hope that's okay with Andy. I feel bad for the lads. That's how I think of Andy, Tyler, and Ricky. They are all young men, and I am, by a long shot, the oldest member of the cast. And one of them, now, will be stuck with me. I was so hoping my seniority would earn me solo digs, but Ira only has so many dressing rooms to work with at the Neil Simon. I know. I've played it before. Oh, how did I choose among the three? Guess she'll have to read the book. More later.